Hey guys, welcome back to Uncommon Sense. Okay, so today we are on part four of the Twitter files release. I know that you guys are like, oh, are we doing this forever? Well, maybe. It depends on how many parts of the Twitter files come to light. I happen to believe that it's very, very important for the Twitter files to be seen and heard by everybody. And that is why I am covering all of these on my podcast. I don't know of any other podcasts that are actually reading these out to you guys. And I think it's really important for you you to get it in its entirety as they were compiled by the independent journalists that took it upon themselves to make sure that all this information got out to everybody. I genuinely believe that this is one of the most crucial things to happen in our constitutional republic to prove that we don't actually have that anymore. And it was Benjamin Franklin that said, we have given you a republic if you can keep it. And I would just argue that we haven't been doing a really great job of keeping it. Um, You know, you get things in life and they're nice things and they're great things and sometimes you lose them because you take them for granted or you do not appreciate them or you do not take care of them and then they are gone and then you miss them very much and that is what is happening to our country right now that is what is happening to our freedom and I think that these are just really important so that's why I continuously read through all of these as they come out Um, again if you guys can share these episodes around I really think it's really 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 important that everybody see these, listen to these, and make sure that everybody else is aware because what it all proves is that our government is working with private big tech companies in order to censor and monitor information so that you guys do not have, so that all of us don't have free thought and therefore we don't have free will. And that is what it all is boiled down to me, which is very, very important because like, again, like I have said, like in China, they don't have free thought and free will because they're not able to view all different sides of thinking and all different perspectives. And it's really important that we never lose that in this country because that is what makes our country so wonderful. The left is always talking about, oh, diversity this, diversity that. But when it comes to diversity of thought, they lose their minds. And it's ironic because they've already lost their minds because they don't think for themselves, but they truly do lose their minds when you're talking about having different ideas from the majority of people in our crazed culture of just lunacy and immorality. And I'm here to push back against all of that. And I know that you guys are are here to push back against all of that. So again, please share these episodes around on your social media. There is a button that you can share all of my episodes around on your Instagram, on your Facebook, on your Twitter, on your Snapchat. Snapchat's a problem. We're going to do an episode on pedophiles on Snapchat and how they're targeting your kids. But that's a story for another day. Today, we are going over the Twitter files part four. Before we get into everything, I don't know about you guys, but I have been slightly stress eating about all of the things that are going crazy in the world. I'm still trying to be healthy about it because, you know, you don't want to not be healthy about it. But there are these snacks, okay? You guys have heard me talk about them before, but unreal snacks are like a healthier candy if you are stressed out with the state of everything in the world right now. And I would totally understand if you guys are. I 100% am. And so sometimes I'll like reach for these peanut butter 
cups, which are so much healthier than Reese's. Reese's were my favorite candy growing up. That was like my family's entire family's. Like that was our favorite candy growing up. So I think I just have this taste for peanut butter cups in my adulthood, but I don't want to eat Reese's because they're bad for you. So I eat Unreal Snacks peanut butter cups, which are actually, they're way tastier. So their story is that as kids, their parents really didn't want them eating their favorite chocolates. The snacks that they loved most were filled with artificial ingredients, chemical dyes, excess sugar, and a whole bunch of other things that they couldn't even pronounce. So they asked the simple question, why do the foods we love most have to be so bad for us? And they set out to create chocolate snacks that they could actually eat and feel good about. And after thousands of recipes, they finally cracked the code. They reinvented their favorites using only real, simple ingredients and with way less sugar for real. Um, So definitely check these out. Sugar is so bad for you. Like I've been looking at the food pyramid more recently. I told you guys that I started keto a few months ago. Definitely recommend your body as a human being. You're just not supposed to eat all of this trash. And they tell you on the food pyramid that is, yes, this is great. Um, You know, carbs turn into sugar in your body. There's just a lot of research that you need to do into all of that because sugar, carbs, you don't need, you need meat and you need, um, you know, vegetables and a little bit of fruit, but like the keto diet has been really great for me. I feel so much better. And these are snacks that I can have on it. I can have a little bit, but it's, it's actually really, really good. And I definitely recommend that y'all check them out. The other thing is like, I'm just like with all of these Twitter files and all this like government corruption coming out and the elite targeting, you know, American citizens and trying to do away with the middle class. I'm like genuinely, and I've been telling people this more recently, but I'm getting my body prepared for like, if things really hit the fan and if I, you just want to be strong and you want to be ready. I have this theory that, and I think I'm right. I generally am. No, no offense to everybody who thinks that I'm being, you know, narcissistic when I say that it just happens to be that I'm, I'm right a lot of the time. And, you know, I really think that the government, because the food pyramid does, you know, encourage people to eat carbs and sugar more than anything else, which are terrible for you. Um, I feel like they're trying to make sure like that the populace is weak and fragile and soft and like that they can't fight back if they need to. So that's my theory and I'm sticking to it. And I really recommend that you guys eat more protein, be working out, be getting in your 10,000 to 20,000 steps a day. A lot of people think that sounds like a lot. You're a human being. You're supposed to walk around. You're supposed to be active. Um, and everybody's normalized to sedentary lifestyles. That's just not what you're supposed to do. Um, but I can go on and on about that. I'm going to go ahead and get into these Twitter files. Now this is part four, um, the removal of Donald Trump, January 7th. Um, and this is from Michael Schellenberger, who he was the one that compiled this set of the Twitter files. Okay. So he says in the first tweet, as the pressure builds, Twitter executives build the case for a permanent ban. On January 7th, senior Twitter execs create justifications to ban Trump, seek a change of policy for Trump alone, distinct from other political leaders, express no concern for the free speech or democracy implications of a ban. This hashtag Twitter files is reported with, I got to click on this, um, Light and Woodhouse. It didn't, it didn't say the name right. Okay. So onward we go. For those catching up, please see part one where Matt Taibbi documents how senior ex- uh, executives at Twitter violated their own policies to prevent the spread of a, um, accurate information about Hunter Biden's laptop. Um, and when he attached that, I'm going to put out a tweet that has the links to all of these, um, one through four right now that we have, and then the rest of them, I'm going to, I'm just going to keep 
like putting the links to like Twitter files one, Twitter files two, Twitter files three, and like all of them on and just I'll retweet that so you guys can keep seeing it and sharing it around. I think that would be a good idea that I haven't seen really anybody be doing that, but they should be doing that. Everybody should be doing that so that people can easily access these. And then Michael Schellenberger goes on part two, where Barry Weiss shows how senior Twitter execs created secret blacklist to quote unquote de-amplify disfavored Twitter users, not just specific tweets. And then Michael linked to Barry Weiss's thread. Um, Michael says, and part three, where Matt Taibbi documents how senior Twitter execs censored tweets by Trump in the uh, run up to November 2020 election while regularly engaging with representatives of U.S. government law enforcement agencies. He linked to that uh, thread as well. For years, Twitter had resisted calls to ban Trump, quote unquote, blocking a world leader from Twitter. It wrote in 2018, um, would hide important info and hamper necessary discussion around their words and actions. And then he linked to the Twitter public policy tweet that says this. I'm going to read this for you guys from the Twitter public policy account. And this is dated 1518. Um, and it says blocking a world leader from Twitter or removing their controversial tweets would hide important information people should be able to see and debate. It would also not silence that leader but it would certainly hamper necessary discussion around their words and actions. We review tweets by leaders within the political context that defines them and enforce our rules accordingly. No one person's account drives Twitter's growth or influences these decisions. We work hard to remain unbiased with the public interest in mind. We are working to make Twitter the best place to see and freely discuss everything that matters. We believe that's the best way to help our society progress. Um, and then back to Michael Schellenberger's thread. He said, but after the events of January 6th, the internal and external pressure on Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey grows. Former First Lady Michelle Obama, tech journalist Kara uh, Swisher, ADL high tech VC Chris Saka, and many others publicly call on Twitter to permanently ban Trump. And then he shared some screenshots of this. Chris Saka, you've got blood on your hands, Jack and Zuck Zuckerberg Facebook um, for four years you've rationalized this terror inciting violent treason is not a free speech exercise if you work at those companies it's on you too shut it down that's what Chris Saka said um, and there's more screenshots I'm just going to read the highlighted portion of this next one it says now is the time for Silicon Valley companies to stop enabling this monstrous behavior and go even further than they have already by permanently banning this man from their platforms and putting in place policies to prevent their technology from uh, being used by the nation's leaders to fuel insurrection. Well, I wouldn't expect anything less from somebody who's talking about like Silicon Valley. Okay. The, these are like the biggest losers in the world. I just feel like Silicon Valley people as like the total rejects of society and they're not even smart. They're just welcome 
connected. It's so stupid. Like they're so stupid. And <laughs> Silicon Valley, they always have been. Um, there's this article. It's time for social media platforms to permanently ban Trump. Okay. <laughs> All right. There's one more screenshot for this part of the thread from Jonathan Greenblatt. He says two bare minimum tweets after the Capitol has been stormed by extremists is too little, too late. Um, and then he tags Jack Dorsey. It's overdue to suspend uh, to suspend Donald Trump until his account stops promoting disinformation and inciting violence. And that was actually a quote tweet from Jonathan Greenblatt. And he was quote tweeting an ADL tweet that said ADL statement on violence at the U.S. Capitol building. And then they had their little statement. And I'm going to read the ADL's little statement. It says New York, New York, January 6, 2021, ADL Anti-Defamation League CEO Jonathan Greenblatt issued the following statement regarding today's violence at the U.S. Capitol building in Washington, D.C. As ADL has said again and again, extremists must be taken at their word. First, there was volatile rhetoric online, then explicit calls to violence, and now people are acting on those calls in the nation's capital and flagrantly breaking the law. It must end now. Sorry, this is so (laughs) dramatic. Like, my voice gets really dramatic when I, like, read things from people who are talking about January 6th as if they were really there and know exactly what was happening. I live in Washington, D.C. I saw what happened that day. I could see, you know, from my roof, like, the Capitol building and what was going on. I wasn't actually in the Capitol building, but they totally overplayed. It was just very interesting going back and forth from looking at what was actually going on at the Capitol building just to my right, like, looking over from the roof and then looking back to the left at the TV on the roof of my building and all the people and the and the news was like overplaying it and acting like it was this horrendous terrible awful thing if y'all go on tiktok you can literally look up january 6th like videos and there are some really funny ones where people are really polite and they're just like knocking on the door and they're like hey can y'all let us in um i'm not saying that there weren't like violent people on january 6th but the extent to which um you know the media will twist things in order to suit any sort of agenda that they want to suit is it's just it's a really a real life thing that happens and especially especially in washington dc because of course you guys of course they want you to vote for who they want you to vote for they want control over you guys ultimately so they'll do whatever they have to do they'll do they've always done this in history they will do what they have to do to have power over you and you have a responsibility to see through the bullshits. And I just want to add here, because I said bullshits, um, I try not to curse myself, but you guys have been messaging me and you're like, Jenny, this song is so intense that you've shared on social media. It's like, you guys, <laughs> I don't have to listen to like the conservative Republican approved music. Like I've told you guys before, it's just interesting to me when people are like, they, they think that they know what's going on in my life when they listen to the music that I share on social media. It's like, I am very angry when I look out at society and the culture and everything that we're doing wrong and all of the immorality, but I'm not a perfect human being. And I like like angry, angsty music. 
dick like sometimes and I just do and I'm allowed to I think that it's crazy that people on the right are like this is just you can't be listening to this yes again uh yes again um and it helps me to cope with everything you guys don't have to listen to it if you don't like it I understand that there are a lot of people out there who don't like you know like more intense music that's your thing it's personal preference um but I've told you guys before like I'm a three four on the Enneagram and so I have this like angsty more emotional side to me it's my four wing and I just want you guys to understand when I'm posting like these more intense angry angsty like songs on social media you don't have to listen to them you don't have to like them if you do listen to them but I like them and I listen to them and I post them because I can um anyway so I don't want to curse though I listen to songs that have curse words in them sometimes it really just it's like you know I don't know I know it's unbiblical but it really helps me cope with all the anger that I feel towards society um and just the way that we're mishandling so many things um but anyway back to all of this the ADL statement went on the president has promoted sedition and incited violence people assaulting law enforcement officers or breaching government buildings must be arrested and held accountable the people doing that must be held accountable they said um more than anything what is happening right now at the capitol is a direct result of the fear and disinformation that has been spewed consistently from the oval office president trump has a responsibility to call for an end to this violence and unrest and um that he has sowed his campaign of disinformation is a clear and present danger to our democracy they said because we believe in democracy we want to shut up everybody that we disagree with that makes sense that makes sense um anyway back to the statement they said but until such uh such time as that happens social media companies should suspend his accounts asap as they would do for anyone else advocating disinformation and promoting violence it's time okay well that was very sanctimonious thank you sanctimonious uh adl but the thing is twitter wasn't even ever suspending like islamic terrorists like isis like member people who actually like kill people like all those people the terrorists actual terrorists were always still allowed on twitter and people can argue for or against that whatever trump is not a freaking terrorist and trump had put out tweets telling everybody to be peaceful and to respect law enforcement at the capitol building but you guys need to understand it was the police officers the capitol police who were allowing these people into the capitol building they were moving the barricades to let them in and everybody has their speculations about exactly what was going on that day and was this like you know there are videos of cnn reporters talking like bragging about like revving all of the trump supporters up to get them into the capitol building like there's it was a mess of a day but the the violence that happened was police officers a police officer killed ashley babbitt it wasn't like trump supporters went in there attacking everybody it just was not the case again i was there when it happened so i just want everybody to remember that trump did call for everybody to be peaceful that day and that was the last tweet he sent out before they banned him was about him calling for for everybody to be peaceful so i don't know i don't know do the facts matter i don't know by the way i just want to let you guys know i am going to be having some j6ers who were there when all of this I mean, I was, I was there, but I wasn't there there. Like I wasn't in the actual like Capitol building. I was in Washington, DC. I'm with family now for the holidays, but like I was in Washington, DC when all of this was going on. And so I just, I just, but I want to have people come on who have actually, they were actually in the Capitol building when all
all of this was going on because you can see all the videos if you go on social media and search for it. But I want y'all to hear like personal account stories. I think that that would be good. Um, let's get back to Michael Michael Schillenberger's uh, thread. So he says, Dorsey was on vacation in French Polynesia the week of January 4th through 8th, 2021. He phoned into meetings, but also delegated much of the handling of the situation to senior execs, Yol Roth, Twitter's global head of trust and safety, um, Viaha, head of legal policy and trust. As context, it's important to understand that Twitter's staff and senior execs were overwhelmingly progressive. In 2018, 2020, and 2022, 96%, 98%, and 99% of Twitter staff's political donations went to Democrats. I talked about that on some of the other episodes when we've been covering all of this. Um, it's just really important to remember that, yes, both political parties were, you know, messaging Twitter and saying, hey, you want to look at this? You want to take this down? want to take this bad story about me down? Um, it was predominantly Democrats that were benefiting from that because Twitter was an overall progressive company. Uh, and then so Michael Schellenberger shared a tweet from Matt Taibbi where he uh, shared the screenshot of the donations that came from Twitter headquarters to the Democrat candidates. So the thread goes on. In 2017, Roth tweeted that there were, quote unquote, actual Nazis in the White House. Um, we haven't heard that one before, have we? We haven't heard that one before. In April 2022, Roth told a colleague that his goal, quote unquote, is to drive change in the world, which is why he decided not to become an academic. Um, so Yoel Roth, uh, their screenshots of his tweets, he says, yes, that person in that pink hat is clearly a bigger threat to your brand of feminism than actual Nazis in the White House. Actual Nazis in the White House in all caps. By the way, the pink vagina hat wearing feminists are literally the bane of my existence. Like I loathe them more than anybody probably well, I don't know. I loathe a lot of people. I do loathe them, though, because they are such fake feminists, and they are the last people to be caring about what's going on with the women in Iran who are pushing back against Sharia law and the misogyny that is everything that Islam stands for. Y'all say what you want. I am an Islamophobe. I've told you guys that. Um, but let's go back to this. Yol Roth said, yeah, dot, 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 dot. Academia is by far the most abusive working environment I've ever been in. The entire system is exploitative in a ton of ways and also not necessarily productive if your goal is to drive change in the world. And then in parentheses, he says, which was the main reason I left. So we wanted to make change in the world. And he joined Twitter and he was putting out all of this pedophilic, um, you know, <laughs> anti half the country tweets. So I guess, Yol Roth, did you change the world like you wanted to, buddy? Did you change it like you wanted to? Like, it's so wild because these people who are actually demonic, like actual pedophiles, and you guys need to look at Yol Roth's um, pedophilic tweets. There are so many of them. They are terrifying, but everybody's grabbed screenshots now at this point, and those are easily accessible. You can definitely very easily find those and figure out what kind of guy this dude is. But it's very interesting to me how even the most demonic people can be out here thinking they're doing something good. Like you're out here as a pedophile, like censoring half of the nation's voices, taking the microphone 
away from a sitting U.S. president and you think that you're helping the world, you'll, I mean, are you, you really think you're helping the world doing that? That's pretty wild. That's pretty crazy. But it's just the self-delusion out here is so wild to see how the left, you know, can do these blatantly evil, demonic things. And again, read your Bible so that you can even recognize when people are being demonic and evil. Um and immoral. But when they get out here and they're doing all of this and they think they're doing the right thing, it's just, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Um, so now we're going on. On January 7th, Jack emails employees saying Twitter needs to remain consistent in its policies, including the right of users to return to Twitter after a temporary suspension. After Roth reassures an employee that, quote unquote, people who care about this dot, 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 aren't happy with where we are. Um, so there's a screenshot again. Yoel Roth is speaking. He says Jack's emails have been blank, fine, blank. Um, but ultimately, I think people want to hear from Vijaya or Dell or someone closer to the specifics of this who can reassure them that people who care about this are thinking deeply about these problems and aren't happy with where we are. A few engineers have reached out to me directly about it, and I'm chatting with them, but it's so clear they just want to know that blank someone blank is doing something about this and it's not uh that we're ignoring the issues here so this is redacted you can't see the picture or the name of the person who responds to yol roth saying this but they responded and said i think there's also an opportunity to help people understand that while it seems obvious and simple that we quote unquote should permaban his personal account we can't afford to take that immediate action without first quote unquote playing the movie out and anticipating all the other things that can happen and then figure out the plans for those possible scenarios Example, if we suspend the personal account and he posts the same things on the official government account, do we suspend that too? Uh, people can be forgiven for not thinking beyond the thing that's immediately in front of them, but Jack slash Vijaya Vyaha slash Dell slash you don't have the luxury of just pulling the trigger without thinking things through. We tell them repeatedly that uh, quote unquote people are on it and quote unquote people are working on it and they're scratching their heads wondering how hard can it be to decide if the single account is in violation. So that's the end of that little screenshot back to Michael's uh, thread. He says around 1130 a.m. PT Roth DMs his colleagues with news that he is excited to share. Quote unquote, guess what? He writes, Jack just approved repeat offender for civic integrity. End quote. The new approach would create a system where five violations or strikes would result in permanent suspension um so there's another screenshot of yol roth talking he's quite he's quite the talkative man isn't he yol roth says guess what jack just approved repeat offender for civic integrity um and then he says directional approach would be something like colon labels which are severe enough to result in disabled engagements incur strikes strike one uh colon label only strike two is label only strike three label plus 12 hour timeout strike four Label plus seven day timeout strike five perm suspension. Um, 
Yoel Roth is just like he's giving such a little minion to me in this. He's like, we can do it, we can do it, we we can get the okay, we can finally like censor who we want to censor. It's just so so toxic. The left is just incredibly toxic. Let's go back to this thread. "Quote unquote progress!" exclaims a member of Roth's trust and safety team. The exchange between Roth and his colleagues make clear that they had been pushing Jack for greater restrictions on the speech Twitter allows around election. The colleague wants to know if the decision means Trump can finally be banned. The person asks, quote unquote, does the incitement to violence aspect change that calculus? Uh, And then Roth says it doesn't, quote, Trump continues to just have his one strike in parentheses remaining. So there's a picture of that exchange where the redacted person, we can't see their name or photo, says the progress thing. Yul Roth says Trump continues to just have his one strike. Uh, And then Yul also says this is for everything else. Roth's colleagues query about, quote unquote, incitement to violence heavily foreshadows what will happen the following day. On January 8th, Twitter announces a permanent ban on Trump due to the risk of further incitement of violence. So there's the permanent suspension of Donald Trump's account. Um, and it says, after close review of recent tweets from the real Donald Trump account and the context around them, specifically how they are being received and interpreted on and off of Twitter, we have permanently suspended the account due to the risk of further incitement of violence. That is a screenshot share. And then on January 8th, Twitter says its ban is based on, quote unquote, specifically how Trump's tweets are being received and interpreted, end quote. But in 2019, Twitter said it did, quote unquote, not attempt to determine all potential interpretations of the content or its intent. Um, and there's the screenshot of uh, the, uh, Michael Schellenberger highlighting these, these specific parts. He says uh, the highlighted part is specifically how they are being received and interpreted. And then he compares and contrasts this um, with what Twitter had said before, where they said, we focus on the language of reported tweets and, and here's the highlighted part, do not attempt to determine all potential interpretations of the context or its intent. So that just shows Twitter's hypocrisy again which is something we're all too used to seeing. Okay, so onward we go. The only serious concern we found expressed within Twitter over the implications for free speech and democracy of banning Trump came from a junior person in the organization. It was tucked away in a lower level Slack channel known as quote unquote site integrity auto. Um, And then there's a screenshot of this with the redacted name. It says this might uh, be an unpopular opinion, but one off ad hoc decisions like this um, that don't appear rooted in policy are, in my honest opinion, a slippery slope and reflect an alternatively equally dictatorial problem. This now appears to be a fiat by an online platform CEO with a global presence that can gatekeep speech for the entire world, which seems uh, which seems unsustainable. So good for this person. <laughs> the higher ups are just sometimes like the worst people in the world, and sometimes the lower level people. People are the ones with the consciences and you need to listen to them. But they didn't. Twitter didn't. So then they got into their big mess. Okay, we were going on. So Michael Schellenberger uh, just wrote out what I just read you guys. So I'm not going to read that. Um, but let's see where we're we going next. Twitter employees use the term one off frequently in their Slack discussions. Its frequent use reveals significant employee dis- 
discretion over when and whether to apply warning labels on tweets and quote unquote strikes on users. Here are typical examples. There's another screenshot and the highlighted portion reads FYI's accounts uh, account for review at USA secession. We are trying to understand the one off decision here. Um, another screenshot looks like the Slack messages again, Friday, November 6th, 2020. There's always abuse one off Friday, November 6th, 2020 as well. Bounce one off is the option. Uh, back to the thread. Recall from Twitter files two by Barry Weiss that according to Twitter staff, quote unquote, we control visibility quite a bit and we control the amplification of your content quite a bit. And normal people do not know how much we do. Um, and then he linked to Barry Weiss's thread and you guys can go look at that. I'm actually, I mean, I, I think I've already told you guys, but I am going to put up a tweet that just links to all of these um, so that you can easily find them all. Um, okay, so back to this. Twitter employees recognize the difference between their own politics and Twitter's terms of service, TOS, but they also engage in complex interpretations of content in order to stamp out prohibited tweets as a series of exchanges over the stop the steal hashtag reveal. Um, so that I don't know if y'all remember that. You should remember that. But the stop the steal stuff from 2020 when everybody was like, hey, don't steal our elections. Don't do that. Um, and that was all over the Internet. So here are the Slack, um, these Slack exchanges again between someone who is redacted and Yoel Roth. Thursday, January 7th, 2021, redacted says, hey, hope you're doing okay and we're able to get some sleep. Can we or have we already discussed blocking the hashtag stop the steal hashtag? It's furthering fake news in a dangerous way from what I can tell. Yoel Roth says, hey there. Um, and he sa- he goes on, we're proactively surfacing that content for review under civic integrity and it should be blocked from type ahead and trends. If you're seeing it in either of the latter two, let me know ASAP and PT can fix. Roth immediately DMs a colleague to ask that they add, uh, quote unquote, stop the steal and QAnon conspiracy term, uh, Kraken, to a blacklist of terms to be deamplified. Roth's colleague objects that blacklisting, quote unquote, stop the steal risks deamplifying counter speech that validates the election. Um, and then Yoel Roth, there is another exchange. Yoel Roth says, no, there's a lot going on. Any objections to adding uh, Stop the Steal and Kraken to the CHA, C-H-A-Q term list if they aren't there already? And Yoel Roth also says the daylight separating Q and the Stop the Steal stuff now is effectively zero. Redacted says Kraken for sure if it's not already there. Redacted adds, I'm too worried about the risk of deamplifying counter speech with Stop the Steal. Um, and then Yoel Roth says A-C-K. Um, okay. I don't know what that means. Maybe I just am stupid. Okay, we're back to Michael's thread. He says, indeed, notes Roth's colleague a quick search of top stop the steel tweets and their counter speech, but they quickly come up with a solution. Quote unquote, de-amplify accounts with stop the steal in the name slash profile since those are not affiliated with counter speech. Um, so they're just working around like they're just trying to just even if they had any problems with any of this, they were still working around and trying to find ways to censor everybody and, you know, soothe their consciences to some extent, I guess, but it's all the same. They're still censoring everybody. That's what they were doing. 
Okay, so Redacted says, yeah, just a quick search of top stop the steel tweets and their counter speech. Kraken, I'm comfortable with top tweets are generally Q related and I'm noticing an absence of counter speech. Yul Roth says it's also super common on profiles. Redacted says, actually, can we de-amplify accounts with stop the steel in the name slash profile level? Those are not affiliated with counter speech. Back to the thread. But it turns out that even blacklisting Kraken is less straightforward than they thought. That's because Kraken, in addition to being a Q on conspiracy theory based on the mythical Norwegian sea monster is also the name of a cryptocurrency exchange and was thus, quote unquote, allow listed. So another screenshot of these exchanges, Yolroth says, also, I think adding Kraken to the various bots may have broken something. Um, and then it's redacted. I know you're OOO, but for when you're back. Um, and then OOO out of office for anybody who somehow doesn't know that. So redacted says, oh, guys, I removed Kraken in the other day, FYI. Redacted also says it did break something. Redacted adds there's an app called Kraken app or something. Um, and then she or he says if we allow list that, no concerns about putting it back, but would want to see if there are other FPs. Um, and then a different redacted person said the brand Kraken account is allow listed FWIW. And then they also say, yeah, it's a crypto exchange. Um, okay, back to the thread. Employees struggle with whether to punish users who share screenshots of Trump's deleted J6 tweets. Quote, unquote, we should bounce these tweets with a strike given the screenshot violates the policy, end quote. They are criticizing Trump, so I am a bit hesitant with applying strike to this user. So they're saying you can't even share screenshots of Trump's tweets before we banned him. You can't share those and you can't like and then but they're saying you can if you're speaking negatively of the president we deplatformed what is going on at twitter this is crazy 1984 by george orwell stuff and y'all really 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 need to read that book because this is just it's just crazy how how the government is working with our private like social media companies to do all of this and how the private social media companies are even operating knowing that you know this is like a public square on the internet and just the ways in which they don't mind twisting information like this but anyway there's a screenshot of this exchange of somebody sharing a screenshot of a Trump tweet and having something negative to say about President Trump this is the one they're debating should we keep this one up or let this or take this one down because it's still them sharing Donald Trump's tweet and we banned him. So this is another exchange. Redacted says, hi team, should we bounce people sharing Trump action? And then they linked to the tweet, um, tweets as one off, uh, question mark, thanks. And then they attached um, this picture of this person, Finney. 850 gems for who tao heart exclamation 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 okay so she says f off oh my gosh i'm not gonna say the lord's name in vain even twitter says it's inciting violence um even twitter like as if twitter isn't going to be coming after conservatives at any chance that they have um so they shared the screenshot of one of trump's tweets and the trump tweet reads these are the things and events that happen when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly and unfairly treated for so long go home with love and in peace remember this day forever 
Like, why are they so mad? He's not even, he's not even calling for, he said, go home with love and in peace before he was saying, you know, don't be peaceful. Like we're the side that likes law enforcement. Like don't be crazy out here. And so they're just reaching. They reached so much with Trump. Um, It's just so infuriating. So anyway, Redacted responds on Thursday, January 7th, 2021. We should bounce these tweets with a strike given the screenshot violates the policy. Redacted also says they are commenting and criticizing Trump. So I am a bit hesitant with applying strike to this user. It just shows again, you guys, clear bias that they don't mind. They, they don't mind. I mean, they'll they'll go against their own policies in order. They would go against their own policies in order to make Trump look bad. It's just um, there's no integrity with leftists. Like it, generally, there's just not. They just don't know what morals are. And I'm sorry, but it's just it's just the truth. It's just it's just the truth. Okay, so back to the thread. What if a user dislikes Trump and a objects to Twitter censorship. The tweet still gets deleted, but since the intention is not to deny the election result, no punishing strike is applied. Quote unquote, if there are instances where the intent is unclear, please feel free to raise. Um, so there's another screenshot from these exchanges at Twitter. Um, someone said, I am in agreement. One off works for commentary. Strike if a tweet is agreeing with tweets view. Um, gosh, this is just wild. Um, what if it's neutral? Someone says, what if it's neutral slash a sharing opinion? Like, uh, quote unquote, told you it violates Twitter policy, tweet deletes only. Um, and then someone's response, I would agree with tweet delete only on agreeing with the policy. Can I get your opinion here? Redacted another word. They're all redacted. I wish we had names, you know, I wish we did, but we don't a lot of the time with these. Um, Anyway, so Redacted says, would agree on delete only in instances where the content is not shared with abusive intent. (sighs) Who gets to to determine what abusive intent is? Like Twitter, clearly anybody who's a conservative is like abusive, I guess. Um, And then someone says, thanks, everyone. Somebody says there are instances where the intent is unclear. Please feel free to raise. Back to the thread. Around noon, a confused senior executive in advertising sales sends a DM to Rob. Roth sales exec says, Jack says, we will permanently suspend Trump if our policies are violated after a 12-hour account lock. What policies is Jack talking about? Roth says, any policy violation. So there's a screenshot of this. Redacted says, hi, y'all. I have a question. Retwitter safety thread, repotus, and Jack's email, dot, dot, dot. Jack says, we will permanently suspend if our policies are violated after a 12-hour account lock. What policies is Jack talking about is spreading misinfo a violation like his past tweets about election or is it more about a tweet inciting violence i am asking because we are getting tons of calls from clients following fb uh slash ig decision facebook instagram so some clarity would be great thanks yol roth responds hey jp for i don't know why they redacted it if this is like he said hey jp hey jp for internal awareness this would be any policy violation not just limited to elections but before sharing anything please coordinate with redacted on the comms side obviously a ton of interest in our position on 
this want to ensure we stay aligned. Back to the thread, what happens next is essential to understanding how Twitter justified banning Trump. Sales exec, are we dropping the public interest policy now? Roth, six hours later, says, in this specific case, we're exchanging our public interest approach for his account. Wow. Okay, so Redacted says, thanks, y'all. We'll connect with comm teams for sure. One last question. In the past, we exempted a policy violation from a world leader due to the public interest value. Are we dropping the public interest now and any new violation could be a trigger for me to understand? Again, we'll check with comms, re what we can slash cannot share publicly. Y'all Roth responds, apologies for the slow reply. I've been back to back all day today. In this specific case, we're changing our public interest approach for his account to say any violation would result in suspension. We aren't completely getting rid of the public interest approach, though we do have work planned on revisions in H1 2021. Um, like all of this is so crazy back to the thread. The ad exec is referring to Twitter's policy of quote unquote public interest exemptions, which allows the content of elected officials, even if it violates Twitter rules, quote unquote, if it directly contributes to understanding or discussion of a matter of public concern. Here's another screenshot. At present, we limit exceptions to one critical type of public interest content tweets from elected and government officials, given the significant public interest in knowing and being able to discuss their actions and statements. Back to the thread. Roth pushes for a permanent suspension of Representative Matt Gates, even though it, quote unquote, doesn't quite fit anywhere. And then in parentheses, he said, duh. Um, these are just like such bratty people. Like, I hate Yoel Roth. Like, what a slimy. And he has so many pedophilic tweets. He's just like the slimiest slimiest guy. Um, okay. So Michael Schellenberger says it's a kind of test case for the rationale for banning Trump. Quote unquote, I'm trying to talk Twitter's safety team into removal as a conspiracy that incites violence. Another um, screenshot of these exchanges redacted says what's latest on Antifa claims, anything brewing policy wise. C is yelling from the other room that we should just ban Gates. Yol Roth says, yeah, uh, SP and SI are working on that. Yol Roth also says it doesn't quite fit anywhere in parentheses. Duh. Redacted says, right. Yol Roth says, but I'm trying to talk safety into treating it as incitement. Yol Roth also says, I think we'll get over the line for removal as a conspiracy that incites violence. Vijaya was directionally okay with it. Um, back to the thread around 2.30 comms execs DM Roth to say they don't want to make a big deal of the QAnon ban to the media because because they fear, quote unquote, if we push this, it looks like we're trying to offer up something in place of the thing everyone wants, meaning a Trump ban. And then there's another screenshot. Redacted says we're good either way. We'll discuss. But I'm generally in the space of let's start taking action and not do a big comms push around this. We can explain why if we're asked, but worry if we push this, it looks we're trying to offer up something in place of the thing everyone wants. And Yul Roth says, yup. Back to the thread. That evening, a Twitter engineer DMs to Roth to say, quote unquote, I feel a lot of debates around exceptions stem from the fact that Trump's account is not technically different from anybody else's and yet treated differently due to his personal status without corresponding underscore Twitter rules underscore. Um, so there's a screenshot of this. Redacted says, hi, Yol. I'm sure you are very busy right now. And my apologies if this is a distraction to your work. I wonder if there has been discussion 
discussion about reshaping the rules around quote unquote official accounts example. And then they linked to a Donald Trump tweet and other accounts example. They linked to another Donald Trump tweet or an unverified account. I feel a lot of debates around exceptions stem from the fact that Trump's account is not technically different from anybody else's and yet treated differently due to his personal status without corresponding underscore Twitter rules underscore to clarify the responsibilities that should come uh, with that status. Back to the thread. Roth's response hints at how Twitter would justify deviating from its longstanding policy, quote unquote, to put a different spin on it. Policy is one part of the system of how Twitter works, dot, dot, dot. We ran into the world changing faster <laughs> than we were able to either adapt um, the product or the policy. So this sounds like an excuse. Let's read this. Yo, Roth says, I think you're spot on to put a different spin on it. Policy is one part of the system of how Twitter works. There are different things that you can change when you want to affect different behaviors. When you want to affect different behaviors. That's interesting, isn't it? Um, Policy and enforcement are one. The product is another. Partnerships and outreach are another, etc. And all of that is situated in a bigger system, i.e. the world, which influences how everything else operates in practice. When you change one part of the system, you necessarily have to adapt the rest. And I think we ran into the world changing faster then we were able to either adapt the product or the policy, but we can and should do both, not directly. I swear in a lot of these, Yul Roth sounds like he thinks he's like Karl Marx and he's just literally manifest doing nonsense. Back to the thread. The evening on, uh, of January 7th, the same junior employee who expressed an quote-unquote unpopular opinion about quote-unquote ad hoc decisions that don't appear rooted in policy, end quote, speaks up one last time before the end of the day. And then Michael links to the first time that that person had, um, you know, concerns. So back to the thread earlier that day, the employee wrote, quote unquote, my concern is specifically surrounding the unarticulated logic of the decision by FB. That space fills with the idea and parentheses conspiracy theory, question mark, that all dot 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 internet moguls sit around like kings casually deciding what people can and cannot see. Um, and there's a screenshot of this redacted Thursday on Thursday, January 7th, 2021. It says, my concern is specifically surrounding the unarticulated logic of the decision by FB. That's the space that fills with the idea, conspiracy theory, question mark, that all social media heads and internet moguls at every layer sit around like kings casually deciding what people can and cannot see. And it's help, um, it's unhelpful to the internet ecosystem as a whole. Again, this is my um, honest opinion only. So, uh, yeah, I really, I think that it's good that some people were like, hey, you know, what? why why are y'all doing this? But obviously, like, this person was ignored. Um, The employee notes later in the day, quote, unquote, and Will Aramis noticed the inconsistency, too, linking to an article for 1-0 at Medium called, quote, unquote, Facebook chucked its own rule book to ban Trump. And then Michael links to that article. Again, y'all are going to be able to see this when I put this tweet out, linking to all of these um, threads of the Twitter files there because there's numerous ones. One, two, three, we're on four right now and there's many more to come. Um, So Michael Schellenberger's thread goes on, quote unquote, the underlying problem, writes Will Aramis, uh, is that the dominant platforms have always been loath to own up to their subjectivity because it highlights the extraordinary unfettered power they wield over the global public square. Um, And then it goes on and uh, and play Places the responsibility for that power on their own shoulders. They 
hide behind an ever-changing rule book, alternatively pointing to it um, when it's convenient and shoving it under the nearest rug when it isn't. That is exactly what has happened. Um, so Michael Schellenberger's thread, Facebook's suspension of Trump now puts Twitter in an awkward position. If Trump does indeed return to Twitter, the pressure on Twitter will ramp up to find a pretext on which to ban him as well. Um, indeed. And as Barry Weiss will show tomorrow, that's exactly what happened. And that is the end of the thread minus um, Michael Schellenberger tagging. He did one more tweet and just linked to Barry Weiss's tweet for the Twitter files part five, which is what we're going to be going over on the next episode. But I, I hope you guys understand, like this is really, really crazy stuff. And they, they make rules, they change the rules. This is what communist countries do. Like as soon as it's not convenient anymore, they just throw the rule book out like they don't care they have no standards um except for double standards and they will just throw out their own rules whenever and if ever it's convenient they have no problem doing that they have no morals they have no values twitter doesn't have any clearly um and neither does facebook or instagram or any of these other social media platforms so i just think it's very important i'm not going to do a whole spiel uh you guys can hear for yourselves how wrong this is um but just i guess like Tell people, tell people how wrong this is, because I do feel like, and I've said it multiple times in the last few weeks, but it feels like I am trying to shake awake people's conscience, like all of these people's consciences. And it's really, really hard when people don't have like, they don't have a grounding, uh, any sort of moral grounding or any sort of biblical grounding, like they don't have... They don't have that out here anymore. And so it really is like trying to wake up a bunch of zombies. But I do hope that the Twitter files, like by me doing these episodes and, and really reading through them all, it makes it easier for you guys to share it around and for more people to hear what exactly they were doing at Twitter um, because they were going against their own rules in order, you know, for their own agenda. And everybody on the left is like, oh, there's not an agenda. Oh, is there not? Is there not? Like there clearly is. And Twitter had no problem doing doing all of this and being massive hypocrites against their own policies and their own rules in order to do this to Trump. Um, the interesting thing to me of all of this is that they were leaving up Trump's tweets as long as people were sharing those with the screenshots and attacking him. So they were, they were going against their policies and rules in multiple ways. And now, and now we all just see it. So, Oh God, it's just like, it's just like crazy that this is happening in America. Pray for this kind country like seriously pray for this country and that's really the most important thing that we can all be doing um and try to do the best that you can to wake people's consciences up too because i mean you can have the truth out here you can you can like have these things come out and it's like yeah these people are terrible atrocious egregious people but if people don't have any awareness of morality or like the bible like they're just not going to even know to be upset said about this. And um, again, that's why I think the government schools have pushed God out of the schools and why they have made the government the God of the people. Um, you know, and and so it's just important to try to get this to for people to understand it. I'm not going to do a long rant. I'm honestly exhausted. <laughs> I'm exhausted from this. But please share this podcast episode around and we're going to be doing five next time. Thank <laughs> you.